The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General. Welcome to FIG for short. And we are knee-deep in Fright Fest. Yeah, knee-deep knee well, at least. Well, probably more. Chest-deep, yeah. maybe. It's a little bit more than halfway. We're at least hip-deep. Hip-deep? Hip hip-deep. Mm-hmm. Hip <laughs> I feel like you had to say that with an accent. I didn't say it with an accent. Hip-deep. <laughs> hip-deep. Yes, we are. And it has been an exciting run. I've liked this series so far. I have too, and I've received good feedback from it. Ooh. A lot of people like it as well. That's exciting. It's a nice little change of pace. I like when I like things, you know, like I can feel confident in that. I but like. It, but, it's, but it's always nice when somebody else shares that enthusiasm. Agreed. It was just funny the way you said it. I like it. when I like things. I like it that you like it when you like, <laughs> like things. Like, no, it's enough for me if I like it, mm-hmm. you know? That's enough for me. Well, I mean, we're on a podcast where we're trying to entertain listeners. That's true. That's true. But I feel confident enough in this that, of course, it's going to be great. Yeah, so. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking of our special episode after Fright Fest, and I'm extremely excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm very I was excited say for that one. Special episode. But we can't. But yeah. No spoilers. If you are a longtime listener, you we probably know what we're going to do. We've after said Fright it in Fest. passing, I we think. We have. Yeah. But it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. No, but this episode is going to be a good one. I think so. And next one. So. I love this stuff, but I'm weird. You know, this subject of this episode I was unfamiliar with and I have not read it yet but I really want to. You can go down a deep dark rabbit hole with this stuff. Emphasis on deep and dark. Yes. I think. Mm -hmm. It seems pretty creepy. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Anyway let's get to email. Okay. I think we have one correct? We did get an email. Yes. Um, and let us try to get to it. Oh, you got the apple. You're faster. I got got the apple. All right. So our dear friend Colin. Yes. Wrote in. He did. And it's, it's, well, no, I guess he wrote in last week. Or was it the week before? I can't remember. It's been fairly recent. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems like he took a little bit of a break. He did. And now he's We didn't hear from Colin for a while and now he's back and we appreciate his feedback. We do because it's usually very insightful, as is this week's comment. Because I too am curious about this question. Yeah. Go ahead and read it. Okay. So 
we've been talking about, well, a couple of weeks ago, we had an extended intro on weather. And then. Oh, that's right. Last oh, we week, did. We yeah, did. that was way too long. No more. Well, we're. It'll be a little bit right now. And but. so we had a little bit of rain on Monday. Random. Random rain yeah. on Monday. And last week we talked about lycanthropes, also known as. Werewolves. Yes. And Kelsey, what was one of the ways one could become a werewolf? You drink the water from the footprint of this of the animal yes right yeah yeah for sure the puddle so colin asked question uh, did kelsey dry uh, or excuse me i can't see drink. it drink it's very Sorry. small i know it's very did small. kelsey drink from a dog footprint puddle when it <laughs> rained on monday we need to know the results and to that i have to say we'll have to wait till a full moon isn't it the full moon tonight? Are you serious? The moon's pretty big and bright in the sky. <laughs> Is it really a full moon tonight? I'm about to find out. Oh, okay. Well, hold off. Hold off. Yeah. Uh-oh. Bobby might die tonight. Oh. He might start changing. Gosh. Well, I mean, what else would I do? Let's if see. it's a full moon and I'm sitting right next to you and you... I turn into a werewolf. Is it a full moon tonight? That was one of the top Google... Is that... The next full moon will occur on Wednesday, October 20th. Tomorrow, Tomorrow. is the next full. So oh. Tonight's pretty darn close, but it's not there yet. Yeah. So, oh, Our at 10.57 a.m. What e- does that mean? Eastern. Why a.m.? I don't it's know. also known as the Hunter's Moon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, even better. Yeah, you never heard of that before? Well, it just sounds like a werewolf thing, you know? Yeah. Because it's bright outside, so, so it be- benefits the hunter. It's bright at night. Oh, is it always? Is a full moon always called a hunter's moon? Um, I thought this specific one was called that. Oh, no, I think a full moon is a hunter's moon. Oh, it's always a hunter's moon. I think so. Oh, okay. Could be wrong. Um, okay, so here's what I have to say to that, is that when I woke up early Monday morning uh-huh. and I heard the light tap, tap, tapping of rain on the roof. Oh, okay. Because... I thought you were going to say of, what is... You're gonna, you heard a knocking on your oh, chamber no. door. <laughs> no. It, and the raven doth cry, <laughs> nevermore. It was um, shocking. I don't think anybody thought it was going to rain, Right. Honestly, I don't even think it. Re- I realized it rained on Monday. Oh, it rained. What? Okay, so I woke up at four thirty. Okay, that's gross. And it was still. It rained for over an hour. Oh, it I rained was for a while. Not awake at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I woke up about two and a half hours later. I yeah, I fell back asleep. Oh, okay. Here's here's what happened. Okay. Oh, okay. So I try to wake up that early to mm-hmm. get a workout in before work. Right. Okay. Um, but what happened on Monday was I woke up, heard the tapping of the rain on the roof. The tap, and tap, tap, what, tap. And the tap, tap, tapping. And what is better than just curling up and listening to the rain? I agree with that. But I do know we do have a mutual friend who cannot sleep when it rains. Who? First letter of their name. She has an aunt we've discussed previously who lives in Redondo Beach. Are you serious? Yes. Why? I don't know. For whatever reason, when it rains, she cannot sleep. Oh, I got to chat with her about that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I 
took that as a sign and I just curled up on the couch and fell asleep to the sound of rain. It sounds, so I didn't actually wake up that early. It sounds like a fantasy. It was. It was absolutely a delicious sleep. Delicious. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anyway. You woke but up then, sl- smacking your lips. <laughs> yep. Mm, that was mm. yummy. That was yummy. Um, okay. But then I thought, oh no, I anticipated this happening. The rain? No. A question like this. Because did I you said, really? I did. When I saw the rain, I was like, oh, no. To be clear, Kelsey's dogs that she has, the footprints that she might drink from, one is a golden doodle, so that wouldn't be too bad because it's fairly large. Yeah. Could be somewhat fearsome. He's like 75 pounds. He has big feet. The dog you have that weighs 10 pounds is what? A mix between what and what? I don't know. Some kind of terrier, mutt. She's small and is a yapper and a half. That would be difficult to drink out of. I mean, her footprint. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but needless to say, we will find out tomorrow. If you start growing strange, weirdly enough, the small dog she owns looks like a miniature version of the big one. I know she does. So they're both. She like, just got a haircut too, so they look very similar. Oh really? Yeah, they look very. So similar. they both kind of have the the terrier looking fuzzy snout mm-hmm. and short, but it's all golden hair. Yeah, they have the exact same shade of hair. <laughs> so if you start growing like golden hair, like on yeah, your maybe. the sides of your face, and growing like a little bit of a mustache, it's cause for concern. Yeah. When I oh, when was it? Yesterday, yesterday morning, I walked in to our my bedroom, and my husband was listening to this episode, mm-hmm. the werewolf episode, the werewolf, yeah. When he was getting ready, and I walked in right at this part of the discussion when I said I'll have to try it. Uh-huh. Went about drinking out of the footprint. And right. he said, oh, Kelsey. <laughs> he was very disappointed in me. So. It's for entertainment. Yeah, it is. But. I think he's really hoping that I don't Is it do really that. beyond the realm of possibility? No, I know. I think that's why. Like, he wants to give me the forewarning that he's he'd be disappointed in that choice. Yes. So. Um, anyway, so we will find out. Oh, I'm saying we'll find out tomorrow. We're recording on Tuesday, so. Wow, why don't you just reveal all of our secrets? No, I'm just saying. I keep saying we'll find out tomorrow if I transform, but this release is on Friday, so that wouldn't make sense. I guess that's true. By this time, October 20th will have passed, so if we don't record next week, I'm probably dead. Yeah. With my throat ripped out by a wear golden doodle. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That would be interesting. Mm. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, Colin, we will need to wait and see. We will need to wait and see, yes. You know what else I found out? What's that? I found a fun fact today. Okay. That October 21st. Okay. Okay, so yesterday, so hopefully everybody celebrated this. Okay. Is National Throw a Short Person Day. Oh my god. So if goodness. you are under five four, somebody can throw you. Under five four? Yeah. You're under five four. I know. So somebody can throw me like no questions asked. Just okay. toss me. Actually the Good to know. This was and then when I went to fact check it, the only thing that came up was Urban Dictionary. Like it's what Urban Dictionary says. And the sentence to describe it is 
prepare to be yeeted. It's National Throw a Short Person Day. I'm old. I don't know what don't, yeeted means. It seems like tossed, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Just so we're clear. Yes. Throwing a short person in most states is probably assault and can get you arrested. Not on October 21st. Try it. Toss me. It's written in the penal code. Toss me. <laughs> toss me. <laughs> I cannot make that jump. I have to toss me. That is one of my favorite parts. No, I mean not. Don't tell the elf. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good parts. <laughs> it's all. It's actually one giant good part. But yes, that's a great part of that movie. Mm-hmm. The greatest of the trilogy. The best movie. The, of the Two trilogy. Towers is the best of the trilogy. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, that agree to disagree. <gasps> no, mm. what? Oh, I love the Fellowship. Oh, okay. Okay. Were you going to be upset if I said Return? Yeah, I was. Return I mean, of the King is a good movie. It yeah, won Best but like, Picture. Oh, typical, you know. Return of the King. Of course you would say Return. Return yeah. of the King went 11 out of 11 at the Academy Awards. Tied okay. the record with Titanic. Because because Fellowship and Tower set that up for Return. I agree that Return was kind of like a reward for the entire trilogy. Yes. yeah. But Fellowship is fantastic. Fellowship. Oh. Uh, Why is Fellowship better then two towers. Are you for real? I really like origin stories. I just, I really do. I love a good origin story. And well, it, then throw it back to Hobbit then. Oh my gracious. Bypass Fellowship. Okay. We're talking about the movie. Say, okay. In 2001, okay. Okay. Trilogies. Trilogies. the Hobbit had never been made yet. Written, into a movie. Written. Had not. I can show you a movie. Okay, the cartoon. No. A musical. Oh my gosh, your play. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Really? Really? So what? Just because, like, just because of that reason? Wait. Like origin story? That's your favorite? I love characters. I love character-driven plots, and I think that the Fellowship of the three is the most character-driven of the three. The other two, Two Towers and Return of the King, rely a great deal upon action and. War scenes. The most character driven of the three? Explain. Is the fellowship. No. Explain. Okay, it's the story introduces you to the characters that are going to be central to the Lord of the Rings, and it begins to develop them. You see the different personalities of the characters for the first like the half foundations of, the movie, of that. For the first half of the movie, there's like almost zero action. It's all dialogue. It's I all understand, but you see character development, the depth of character in towers. G- uh, Gimli and Legolas in a competition for who can no. kill the most Urukai. No, you see because the fellowship splits up, and then you see the at depth. the end of the movie. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, two towers. In two towers, they're split up, yeah. and so you see those characters kind of develop with one another. And the depth of each of those characters in their, like, allegiance to one another. I am not saying that there is no and character Gala? development in a the two lot. towers. A lot. I'm not, you know, I, I understand Gollum is a great character, but I find myself not enjoying this, the parts with Gollum as much in the two towers. I want to see the fellowship. I don't want to see Sam and Frodo and, and Gollum. They just depress me. 
I want to see Aragorn speech. and okay at the end of the movie. Yeah, Sam's speech is fantastic. Thank you. Agreed. No question about that. Thank you. One of the greatest speeches in film history. Thank you so much for saying that. But oh, you're welcome. But throughout Great. the but throughout Two Towers, I find myself longing for when are we going to get to see what Aragorn and Legolas are doing and Gandalf and Merry and Pippin. Okay. But Mary and Pippin's relationship with Treebeard, how charming. Yeah, so he wants to kill them at first. I know, but it's so good. And you get to know the Ents, and you get to see just these magnificent overthrows, you know, of... I don't know. I'm just... not saying. I feel like you are trying to let everybody know that i'm saying that because i like the fellowship the towers. most yeah. i despise okay. two towers okay, and okay. return of the king you're right. which being, i do not i love them all i'm acting like you're being polarizing and you're not yeah i just the fellowship is it's most enjoyable for me i love the beginning when we see bilbo and he's talking about he talks about he does the whole well maybe not the entire prologue but the prologue to lord of the no, rings concerning true. hobbits i do i do have to say that that beginning part does justice to the introduction of Lord of the Rings. Yes. Very well. And I think the Council of Elrond is one of the greatest scenes ever. They left out a lot, though. They did. The Council of Elrond in the book is like... It's so long. It's like 70 pages. Yeah. It's Very huge. long. I mean, you can't put that in there. But no. you're right. I mean, you're right. I agree. Well, no, I don't fully agree, but it is a good, it's a good one. You just, you know, Battle of Helm's Deep is the greatest battle I've ever seen in my life. It is a great battle. Agreed. And just Ganoff coming up over that hill. Mm. Oh, yes. And that's the best soundtrack. Theoden King stands alone. That's the best score. Not alone. The Riders of the Rohirrim. Oh, I mean, I do That's love. That's a great. I do love the score of the Rohirrim, but I really like the the Shire. Yeah, the I Shire mean, that's music. that's classic. It is. It's classic. I mean, I walk down the aisle to it. So. Oh yeah, that's Obby. right. But okay, we. I think that we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. It offends me not that you like Two Towers the best. Oh, it offends me. Oh, my gracious. Deeply. That you like Two Towers the best? No, that you like Fellowship the best. Oh, dear. That you clearly hate the rest of oh, them. Oh, clearly. <laughs> despise them. I've probably seen Two Towers more than any of the others. Why? I don't know. Just It's just been random happenstance that I have watched that more than the other two. I feel like it's an easy movie to turn on. Like, out of all of them? And leave, like, just leave in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not one that you... I don't know. You don't need to pay a ton of attention to it. You know? Am I proving your point? I think so. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, because like... <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Like you said. Like you said. You get a ton of backstory. Yes. In the first one. Mm-hmm. And so you need to pay attention to dialogue and things like that. Yes. And then in the last one, clearly, it doesn't matter how many times you watch it, you want to see that wrap up. You know? See that wrap up? Yeah, like in in Return of the King, you want to see the ending. You want to see... The Frodo. Yeah. I just wish that they would have kept the actual ending. They should have made four movies. 
Oh, you mean like the the taking like, back of the Shire yeah, and stuff yeah, like that? That would have been amazing. Four movies would have been stretching it probably yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I, I do wish four, they'd figured but, out a way to put that in there. Yeah, because I feel like people are shocked who just watch the movies I and mean, don't realize that. You know? Saruman's still around. Yeah. And he tries to take over the Shire. Yeah. And they go back and they're like, oh, heck no, like, Saruman. Mm-hmm. You better get the heck out of here. Yeah. So, epic. Mm, oh, yeah. And do you know what else I like in the last movie? One last thing. Mm-hmm. I love in the extended the depiction of the mouth of Sauron. I do too. It's pretty cool. I, re- I really like how they did that. And then Aragorn just yeah. cuts his head off. Like, oh, you shut up. <laughs> just take out Anduril and yeah. done. Yeah. I did like that too. We go to war. You have to watch the extended editions. I don't, I don't, I don't watch... understand any other way. I don't watch them otherwise. Yeah, there's no... I mean, I guess there's a point, but... On, gosh, how long ago was it now? Eight, nine years ago, they had a special on Amazon for the Blu-ray extended editions of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Swooped it up, bought it real quick. I think it was like 40 bucks for the trilogy. What? Which is really good. Or a really good deal. Yeah. And... um, yeah, I don't. I don't watch it any other way but the extended editions, which means if you're watching Return of the King, you've got a good like five plus hours of commitment. Oh, I think it's like five and a half. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah. But it's really good. And to think they left out like a ton of the end of the book, even you know. Which the theatrical release was around three, three and a half hours. Yeah, I think it was three and a half. So I'm surprised that in that extra two hours, they didn't figure yeah. out a way to put in the taking back of the Shire. Yeah, but like those extra two hours were jam packed. It's true. So, yeah. I think we need a rewatch. I'm down. That's how I'm feeling. I'm always down. I'm always. You're the one that's got to be convinced. Well, yeah. Yes. I like sleep too, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. We got to figure it out. You can sleep when you're dead. That's true. I know. I always used to say that. Then I got old. (laughs) and i'm like no i can sleep now Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. okay well i think that this is a great time to cut to our next segment all right quotes and boats with kelsey and bob all right well welcome to quotes and boats by kelsey and bob Mm -hmm. let's start with my quote let's do it are you ready I am. You have to say who says it. Because I feel like it's going to be easy. Okay. 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 Here we go. Let's do it. Sir, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar, peculiar dialect. Sir, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. Yes. I'm thinking that the ship that's being spoken of is the Millennium Falcon. Yes. And the person that says it, or thing that says it, is C-3PO. You're right. Did it. What movie? It's got to be A New Hope. No, Empire. Oh, it's Empire? Okay. Yeah. yeah. The greatest of the trilogy. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the greatest Star Wars movie, period. I know that you are a huge fan of Rogue One. <laughs> I am, I am. As a purist, okay, yes. What does that mean? Like you So are you do you no. have a purist side and a non purist side? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. As as 
I would consider myself a true Star Wars fan, okay? And because of that, no, I am. Some would disagree, but go ahead. No, stop it. What? Whoa! Because of that. You scolding me? Because of that, I I clearly, you, you just have to pick an OG trilogy movie as your favorite. And so that is Empire. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are a lot of people out there, probably the majority of purest Star Wars fans, that would say absolutely one of the OG is the best. You can't pick another one. And most of the new ones are garbage. Rogue One is not garbage. Agreed. And I think that purest Star Wars fans, most of them would agree. Agreed that of the newer films, Rogue One is probably the best. Probably? Yeah, I mean, what else? The best. I can't really think of one that's better. Hands down, it is. I myself am not a huge fan of the most recent trilogy. I am for one reason because it's Star Wars. No. What? Because of that. Don't say it. Because of Adam Driver? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm a fan because it's Star Wars. I'll watch it again because it's Star Wars. And it's Mm. entertaining. See, I watched The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I've watched it twice. Okay. I watched it the first time. I was like, that was really disappointing. And then I watched it. I, I waited a little bit. Waited a little while. It's like, you know what? I need to rewatch it. Maybe now that I've seen it and I watch it again, I'll get a fresh perspective. Watched it again, disliked even, it even more. Even worse. Here's the thing about it is that it's, I enjoy it. It's entertaining. Okay. The mm-hmm. new trilogy. It's entertaining. It's hard to believe that it's the Star Wars universe. It has a different feel. You know what I mean? Because even, even one, two, and three... Mm-hmm. It's believable. They're not. They're not good for other reasons. Metachlorians. Most of it. The single dumbest okay. thing ever. Okay, not all of it, but mm-hmm. I mean, I have. I have to back up my man. Okay. <laughs> Ewan. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. No, but I think universe-wise, like this new one did the worst. In it was bad. It wasn't believable. In being the Star Wars universe. I will say that. I will. I just think they jumped the shark so much. I felt like the first one... The first one I liked for the most part as it was going along. The Force Awakens. Yeah. Because it had a very A New Hope vibe. Agreed. I mean, really, they kind of stole A New Hope. I think that people got very excited because of that. And I was excited for the most part. And then they hurt my heart. When they killed Han Solo. That was so unnecessary. And I watched a YouTube video about this and I couldn't agree more. Heroes, when they die in films, are supposed to get some major fanfare. Like you have one of their friends or multiple friends or family members that really pay homage to them or something like that in the film. And villains die by falling down bottomless pits. Yeah. And Han was stabbed with a lightsaber and fell down a bottomless pit. And all that he got was Chewie going for two seconds. That was heartbreaking, though. For two seconds. And then it was over. Yeah, but how heartbreaking was that? 
It was, but then Chewie like moved on, no, like I know. like his dog got killed. Yeah, no, I well, I probably would have shown more emotion if my dog got killed over Han Solo. No, then Chewie did towards Han Solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's my point. Yeah. It's like, come on, Han Solo. Yeah. I understand. Okay, maybe you've got to kill off one of the heroes, but you got to do it right gotta do it right yeah and i don't think they did it right and i think that that's where a lot of it came in where people thought that he didn't really die because how how could that possibly be the case agreed you know and i saw an interview with harrison ford on oh it was one of the late shows i can't remember which one it was it was either conan or jimmy kimmel or something like that and they asked him is han solo really dead and harrison ford went like and did kind of a smirk and did the zip lips motion. So it made a ton of people think, oh my goodness, Han Solo's coming back. And then it never happened. Yeah. Maybe he didn't even know. It's very possible he didn't even know. But no, I will have to say that. I I enjoy them because they're entertaining, but it's not believable as Star Wars universe. I will say there are very few scenes in movie history that excited me more than in Rogue One when Darth Vader, towards the end, is in that hallway mm, and just I'm starts owning people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes! Is there a that's greater Darth villain? According to, the, so according to the American Film Institute, yeah. Darth Vader is the second greatest film <gasps> villain of all time in movie history, which is pretty... Second greatest wow. in film history is pretty really? high. Who's number one? Who Scar. do you think? From the Lion King? Heartless. He is heartless, but no, okay, he's not ahead. number one. Who? No, who do you think? Not fantasy. Is it like cartoon or real people? Real person. Well, real actors. Not fantasy? Hannibal Lecter. Good call. Yeah? High five. I did it? High five that. That was good. Oh, yes. It was Hannibal Lecter. Sweet. Darth Vader was number two. Wow. Oh. Which I will admit, Hannibal puts it into perspective. Hannibal Lecter's terrifying. Ah, uh, but less than now, twenty minutes well, of screen wanna, time. Now I want to take back because Darth Vader does have redeeming qualities, you know. Oh, he redeems himself in Return of the Jedi. No yeah. question about that. To where you feel bad for him. Oh, Anakin Skywalker is a tragic figure. Yeah. No question about that. Hmm. I think but I'm man, saying no question can, about that a lot. He can but own people. Oh, man. He's an extremely powerful he's, force practitioner. Yeah. Wow, even above the Emperor? Emperor Palpatine? I think the Emperor feared him. Yeah, that's true. Because think about no, how did. Siths work. Yeah. Siths are like, they'll get an apprentice. There's always two, right? There's always a master. There's always yeah. an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Padawan. And it's kind of a... Ra- As I call you. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. For a while... In Kelsey's phone, I was listed under Padawan. Am no, I you still, still yeah, oh, you still are. Okay. Anyways, um, even though I feel like I've taught you more, no, but not true. Um, the Siths, there are always two: a master mm-hmm. and apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yoda says two. There always are, and it's kind of a race between the two to see which one's going to kill the other one mm, first. Mm-hmm. Is the apprentice going to kill the master and rise up? Mm-hmm. Or is the master going to detect the apprentice is getting too ambitious and kill them first? And Palpatine knew. So I think Palpatine was, feared... Yeah. I think Palpatine was attracted to Anakin's power and potential and what it could do for him. Yeah. 
but at the same time was like, oh, this dude's yeah. intense. We got to keep this guy under wraps. Like, thank you, Obi-Wan. Got to keep him humble. For slicing and dicing this dude <laughs> and melting him in lava because you bought oh, me some gosh. time. <laughs> do it. Do it. I am the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> you are my brother, Anakin. It's so good. You do that so well. Which is, there are so many memes. You do that so well. <laughs> Thank you. There are so many memes on the internet about the high ground. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Because Obi-Wan gets above Anakin. He's like, I am the high ground, Anakin. It's over. And Anakin's like, what? <laughs> and so. He's like, I'm literally in lava. Yeah. And so it's funny because it's like, wow, the high ground just apparently gives you like this invincible yeah. shield. And, and to as, Obi-Wan's credit, he owns them. Like, yeah. But like as they can hop like three stories, no problem. Like that doesn't matter if you're yeah, a Jedi. That's true. Ewan, come on, man. You could have died so easy. But he didn't. He could have just avoided the whole thing and lived happily ever after with Natalie Portman. Who? Anakin. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Anakin. Yeah, he had too much hate, though, you know? Childhood trauma does a lot. Anger. So. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What was I going to say? We had to get to your boats because we are running. We are running long. Sorry. running long. This got into crazy conversation. Boat segment. You ready for this? Okay. Yep. So. Is this a question? It is a question. Okay. You may know the answer to this. I'm not sure. I've gotten all of them so far. I just want to tell everybody. You, okay. No, I have. Mm, so, mm, with the tiller, you got like a I got B the gist. I got, I got the gist of it. The gist. You did get the yeah, gist. Okay. I did. So, the age of sail changed the world. Okay, so we had the age of sail where countries, nations started developing sailboats and mm-hmm. sailing the ocean blue and discovering new lands. Well, discovered. People already lived there, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The European age of sail. And the age of sail brought remarkable advancements in human technology and trade and economies, what, not, what have you. Also brought a lot of horrible disasters. Yeah, like smallpox. One of which is a disease known to be... Did I just say it? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Would you have been so disappointed? I would have been like, are you kidding me? No. One of them brought a disease of malnutrition. Oh, scurvy. It is scurvy. Yeah. Vitamin C deficiency. (laughs) Are you so upset? I'm so sorry. I've got to make these questions harder. I know a lot of really random things. I'm so angry right now. (laughs) Where did you learn about scurvy? I don't know. Oh, you know what? It is a vitamin C deficiency. I taught extensively on it um, to children in China. Um, Yeah. Why did you teach children in China about scurvy? Because they were learning about, um, like voyagers and and so that was one of the words that they learned it was like literally a vocabulary you read my phone didn't you no i no do not do (laughs) not i knew that i knew that i'm a little impressed okay do you know what some of the symptoms of scurvy are Ooh, hallucinating right Mm, maybe not that i've read but maybe no i don't know 
characterized characterized <laughs> characterized by swollen bleeding gums. Oh, yucky. And the opening of previously healed wounds. Oh, that's pretty gnarly. Oh, yuck. It's gross. Oh, I don't like that at all. Well, you got me there. Because do you know why sailors develop scurvy? Because vitamin C deficiency. No, but like like you know what their diet was like on ships? Oh, it was probably just grains and like salted meat, right? That yeah, it was like moldy biscuits oh, mostly. Yuck. Some rancid water. Yeah. Sailing doesn't sound nice at all. Well, yeah, during like... As we'll discuss in the, this episode. The olden times. Yeah, in this episode, any, sailing yeah, does not end well. You have no business being on open water. One scurvy... As you have said so many times. One scurvy and two, the subject of this episode. Can I ask, what is your definition of open water? Like, if we're on the if we're in the middle of a lake, are you on open water? Or are you talking um, about middle of one of the oceans? No, like ocean scares me a lot more, but... Not the lake... Indian Ocean, though, because it's super small. Because <laughs> it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uncomfortable on a lake. Mm-hmm. Like if I am getting in the water to wakeboard or something. What? I've seen you wakeboard no, like a I fiend. Know. I know. And I will say hit it so fast, right? I will get in the water, grab it, and say go. And then you pop up and then you're having a blast. Yeah, because I'm going faster than the sea creatures. In a but lake? I will not, but I will not sit in that water for a long time. What do you think lives in the lake? Unclear? I don't know. i just pointed to bobby's book about what we're talking about tonight yeah that doesn't live in a lake that thing is hundreds of meters tall how do you know you don't know how deep the lake is why because somebody told you and you trust them i don't know oh my goodness it has can i say this it's always it's kind of creeped me out a little bit because we've gone on vacation before to shaver lake yeah in california yes in is that it's technically in yosemite isn't it yosemite national park or Sequoia National Sequo- Park. Yeah, Sequoia. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and there are... Oh, stop. Tr- there are trees Yuck. that grow <gasps> out of the lake. And like you see the top of the yeah, trees see, at the surface cool. of the water. And I'm like... No, it's not cool. Why is know? there a tree growing in the middle of a lake? Yeah. Because something's happening down there. That's always kind of disturbed it's me a little bit. Atlantis-like. Yeah. Which, so... FYI for people that are curious, Kelsey can pop up real quick on a wakeboard. I don't think I've you ever popped not. up on a wakeboard. You're <laughs> I don't think I ever what, have. Watching you try is because there's just this wall of water that's rushing over your face. I know. And it's like a, thi- it's like a thin wall, mm. so you can see your distorted face through it and just the, the anguish. And the other people on the boat are like, maybe the boat's not powerful enough. I'm like, what does that say about me? Like, what the heck? Why is that boat powerful enough to get me up? Oh, man. Oh, man. The, your grimace. I can see it now. Your grimace through the wall of My water. My frumpled is grimace. Just so, you get so mad. You know what I do love doing in a lake? What? Is inner tubing. Tubing? Yeah, as long as I don't fall off. Well, I... that's the point, to get you to fall off. <laughs> no. And wipe out like crazy. That's scary. That's fun. All right. Anyways. I We've been on an inner tube where it like flipped in midair. 
there was a one time I was on an inner tube where I almost landed on land. <laughs> I flew so far. Uh, I was like, it is, it that's is a little scary. Times. It is good times. Man, we haven't been out on a lake in how I know, long? I know. A lot since then, right? You've been up to lakes with your parents-in-law, right? Or do you yeah, go up there and ski? Yeah, Big bear, but we, but it's too cold to do anything. Well, do you ski like snow ski? Oh, no, just inner tube. Oh. Just like tube on the snow. Yeah. Oh, you tube on the snow? Yeah. What happens when you fly off? Can't you fly into like a tree or something? Well, I mean, you're not, there are times where, I'll show you videos. We get some pretty good air. It's kind of scary at times. That sounds like a broken neck waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. We are way too long, and we have a great discussion coming mm-hmm. up. So let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Okay. And welcome back. And we are about to take a big old bite out of the meat of our episode. We didn't do that before the break. I know. We were, I was, I kind of got frantic in a hurry because I saw the time. Yeah, we talked a lot in that intro. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you guys liked it. We did. So, I mean, we like everything we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I like it and that's enough for me. I mean, this podcast was born out of our random conversations about stuff. Yes. So, true. All right, so Fright Fest continues. Oh, hardcore. With arguably probably the most terrifying thing on our list this month. I love that you say that because I love this. I'm a huge fan. Because it's not only physically scary, Mm -hmm. it's psychologically scary. That's the biggest part, I think, is the psychological part. Yeah. So... Go ahead. Introduce our main man. This I don't know week, if it's a man. It's an, well, it's, an it. it's a creature. Yeah. This week, we are discussing the master of 20th century horror. Oh, okay. The classic work by H.P. Lovecraft, The Call of Cthulhu. Scary stuff. I love it. Scary stuff. So good. Okay, so let's first Mm -hmm. talk about H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, because he's become a lot more celebrated in recent times, but I feel like there's probably a decent segment of the population out there who still aren't familiar with him. Yeah, so give us some some popular reads. Call of Cthulhu. Some popular reads? Yeah. Oh, Call of Cthulhu, um, uh, At the Mountains of Madness, the Shadow Over Innsmouth, The Shadow Out of Time, uh, Pickman's, oh, what is it called? Oh, yeah. Pickman's, um, Pickman's something. Today. I'm going to look at my book here that I have. Flip into the table of contents, table everybody. Table of contents, here it comes. Great Tales of Horror. Yes. Pickman's Model, that's it. And the Dunwich Horror, oh yeah, lots of stuff. So lots of short stories. He is primarily an author of short stories, yes. Kind of like, um, you know, what's his face? Um, the other scary guy. Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
Kind of in the same vein, yes. No, we didn't do any of him. I wanted to. Hmm. Maybe we will. Maybe Fright Fest will continue through November. <laughs> Un- unclear what we're going to do, but yeah. maybe. Okay. So continue. Sorry. H.P. Lovecraft. So H.P. Lovecraft is an interesting fellow. He was born in New England. In fact, specifically, he was born in Providence, Rhode Island. Nice place. Um, never been there. You? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming it sounds it's like called, a nice It's called Providence. It you know? sounds it like sounds a nice place. Promising. Um, I don't know. So he was born in Providence, Rhode Island in 1890. Okay. Did not live a long life. The late 1800s. Yes. As the kids call it. As the kids call it. Yep. Did not live a long life. He no. died. He was born in Providence, died in Providence in 1937. What did he die from? He died of, oh, I just looked, at, intestinal cancer. Oh, dear. Yeah. That, I mean, that's back in the day, so there's nothing. I mean, diagnosing that probably would have been pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. probably would have been pretty hard to do. Wow. But he was quite young when he died, 46 years old. sad. It is sad. Wow. He lived kind of a sad life. Yes. Which yeah. which is borne out in his writings. Yeah, I mean... He's pretty dark. I feel like... I could be very wrong on this. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to write that darkest stuff, there's some darkness in your life. Oh, I think he clearly had some. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. There, I don't think there's any question you gotta, about you that. you got to be at least a little bit in touch with that. In touch with that darkness? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, you know? I mean, I think he was, and that's what produced his works. Yeah. yeah. So... Incredible works, though. I agree. But, like you said, he wasn't really known during his time. He was not. So. He was not well known during his own lifetime. In fact, he really struggled to make ends meet. He struggled to live during it because he was dedicated to being a professional writer. Mm -hmm. And he published a lot of stuff in magazines, pulp magazines. Mm -hmm. But... During his lifetime, he wasn't very well appreciated. Okay. Didn't okay. make a whole lot of money. That takes a lot of, uh, you know, gusto to keep going on a dream like that. Agreed. Like being, you know, you hear that a lot with artists, you know? Yeah. Like, And that includes writers, like things of artistic nature. Like, Agreed. A lot of them aren't well known during their time. Yeah. Yeah. They can become more appreciated later on. And... Some of them are well known during their time, mm-hmm. and then we dismiss them, like Lord Byron and yes. Mr. Shelley. <laughs> well, Mr. Shelley was not well known. <laughs> That's true. In his lifetime, and apparently not to us either. Yeah. So, but Lord Byron, sorry, man. Yeah. You were famous during your lifetime, but we didn't not know for who ours. <laughs> no, not for ours. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> you had your time, buddy. Yes. Okay. Now I. Sorry, I'm sorry again, Lord Byron. Yeah, yeah. So we're sorry again. Yeah, okay. But H.P. Lovecraft did experience some affluency in his childhood. Okay. He was born into a family who his grandfather was very wealthy. Okay. And so his grandfather kind of supported the family because his parents, what did you tell me about his parents? Earlier? Yeah, so I found out that his parents were both committed to, um, you know, a mental institution. The same one, but at different times. Like, they weren't together. I think back in the day, they called them insane asylums. I was going to say that, but I wanted to kind of be <laughs> sensitive. The psychologist in yeah, you was like, I just, I felt, it's a mental I was about to say that, and then I felt uncomfortable. Yes. You know? No, so, I got you. Yeah. 
So his grandfather was a very profound influence upon his life and was quite wealthy. So H.P. Lovecraft um, lived a very affluent childhood. However, his grandfather, of course, eventually passed away. Mm -hmm. And the family fortune was subsequently squandered. By all of them? I think just by, yeah, Yeah. all the inheritance. Yeah. Okay. Inheritance? Is that the incorrect term? Inherit... Sure. If you want to Latinize it, sure. Yeah, the plural form. Yeah, the plural form, the Latin plural form. But his grandfather did instill him a love of literature. Okay. So Lovecraft decided he wanted to be a writer. Okay. And so that's what he did. And he did. Yeah. He became a writer. He became a critic. Um, he He became a publisher. Oh, a critic. That's why nobody read his stuff. They were mad at him. That, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that played a part of it. And he is known for being a part of what is called, quote unquote, weird fiction. Agreed. (laughs) Right? It is weird. I mean, yeah. Which, I guess I, that begs the question, what is weird fiction? Do we consider like Dracula or Frankenstein weird fiction? They preceded Lovecraft. Yeah. But Dracula by not a whole lot. Dracula was published in 1897, and H.P. Lovecraft published his best stuff in the 1920s. I feel like it's different, and I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words. Okay. Um, I feel like Dracula and Frankenstein even is more romanticized. Okay. And this is just pure psychological horror. Okay, I like it. So do you think that it that might be a reason why it wasn't accepted? It's very possible. Because I feel like we as a society now are much more into things like this. I think you're right. And it might have been a product of the age in which he wrote. Because he was prominent in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And the 1920s was the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. It was a decade of opulence, yeah. of optimism. You know, it was a decade yeah. of the great Gatsby. So people Gatsby. weren't into this. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. So maybe that's what contributed to him not being appreciated during his own lifetime. So, okay. So then you were talking about the 1920s. Mm-hmm. So you he lived and died in Providence. Yes. But he did live in New York for a little bit. For a br- very brief time because he fell in love with a woman. Oh. And he married her. Oh, that makes me happy. I was curious. But their marriage ended. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> so then he moved back to Providence. I'm glad that he found love, though. For a short time, yes. Yeah. From 1924 so, to 1926. for two years. <laughs> yes. So probably for less. Less what? He probably loved her for a year, you know? I think it was she that ended it. I could be wrong, but oh. I think that's correct. Probably because of this weird fiction. This kind of a weird guy, maybe. But he moved back. She was like, oh, it's a phase. He'll grow out of it. Yeah, no, he's not going to grow out of it. He's going to continue. He just kept writing. Kept writing. Okay. But so from 1924 to 1926, he lived in New York. Mm -hmm. And he became sort of disenchanted with the New York lifestyle. I can see that. He didn't like it. He doesn't give me that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So he moved back to Providence, which is when he... 
in the mid to late 1920s, wrote his greatest works. Okay. Which we've kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. The the Shadow Over Innsmouth, Shadow Out of Time, The Dunwich Horror. Um, He wrote At the Mountains of Madness. And his the work he is most famous for is what we're talking about tonight, The Call of Cthulhu. Yes. I'm excited. Are you really? Yes. It's scary. I'm excited. Okay, I'm making. I'm just making sure. You're acting like I'm judging you. No, 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 no. I'm okay. just making sure because yeah, it is a little weird. And we'll get into we'll get into a yeah, little bit. We're going to talk more about it in a second. How? Yeah, we'll get into a little bit more how interesting and strange it is, and how he has influenced generations of writers. Okay. Yeah, I've got a cool quote to pull Ooh. out for you later. Okay. Yeah. Like a surprise. Like a little bit of a surprise. Oh. Quotes and boats. With Bob. A little bit of a surprise quote. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a boat in this, and now you're going to do a quote. There is a boat. Yep. There is a boat in this story. Absolutely. Yep. So Lovecraft, like you said, was not well appreciated or understood during his lifetime. Mm -hmm. But there was sort of a resurgence in the 1970s, which was a little bit more of a dreary time, you know? Yeah. Time of Vietnam, and other things. Well, I mean, Vietnam and, was kind of like in its in its latter stages, but yeah. And in the eighties, you have the Satanic Panic. I feel like the vibes from this. You Wait, know? what's the Satanic Panic? Like Satan, like everybody was scared of people that were Satanist, and were they really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. it was crazy. People were really scared in the eighties. Yes. No kidding. You've never heard of Satanic Panic? No. Oh, I mean, it was very hyped up and like uncalled for but oh i'm sure like yeah. Yeah, how many people actually are in no that? so like yeah. that's why like those vibes kind of shifted like you're saying a lot more you know? um what's the word i'm looking for um not melancholy but we're not roaring in the 20s anymore no i mean optimism yeah. had waned yeah yes pretty much universally yeah so scholars in the 70s and 80s sort of rediscovered Lovecraft mm-hmm. and started researching his work and loved it. And he's now regarded as one of the most influential writers of weird fiction, horror, and science fiction from the 20th century. I can see that. Yeah? Yeah. Based on what I have read, I mean, it's just an incredible piece of work that really... I Okay, here's the thing. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> but I read a few pretty in-depth summaries, and I need to because it's not that long. But from what I read, I was frightened. I was reading along the summer, and I'm like, what is this even about? Then you get to it, and it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. That's actually terrifying. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is scary, for sure. So Lovecraft, in his literary form, mm-hmm. is referred to as what's called called uh, cosmicism. Okay. And cosmicism is this philosophy, essentially, that human beings are insignificant in the universe. Okay. And they basically it just exist, and there are these powerful forces that eventually are going to overtake them and overtake the universe, and everything's going to come to an end. Okay. And Everything he actually chaos. believed that, too. He seemed to be, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he seemed to believe that. Is that um, evident throughout his work? It is, and also in some of his, uh, so Lovecraft, interestingly enough, was also a very prolific letter writer. 
So he wrote lots of letters to other people, and they have copies they of those letters. Did they want to get these letters? Some of them did. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like it'd be scary. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit creepy. <laughs> but some of them actually wanted his correspondence. Okay. And so he wrote to them, and they wrote back, and he just kind of has a very pessimistic dreary view of existence okay and what it is to be human okay he was an atheist and he basically was like everything's meaningless okay so he had a very downer pessimistic view of humanity <sighs> all right that's a bummer it is yeah i feel bad for him but it comes through in his work yeah for sure which makes it scary i think definitely Definitely. Okay, yeah. so let's get into The Call of Cthulhu. Yes. Which I read that pronouncing Cthulhu is more like a grunt. Yeah, it's more like um, Cthulhu. 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 It's very guttural and... Um, like Germany? Very consonant-rich. Oh, okay. Cthulhu, yeah. I can't do it. Say it. <laughs> I s never mind. Oh, gracious. Okay. Anyways. No, I don't want to try. Okay, so it was published in 1928. Mm -hmm. So he was 28 years old, 38 years old. There you go. Yep. That's hard. Yep, it is. It's hard on the fig pod. It is. It's very hard. Yeah. Um,. The narrator of the story is one Francis Wayland Thurston. Super waspy name. What does waspy mean? Wasp. Have you ever heard yeah. the term wasp? At like the bug. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Oh, I was going to say what a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Super New Englandy, Very, very waspy. Yeah, is what they would say. I, th I thought it was really like fancy. Waspy like, is what the good. kids would say. Yeah. Is that what you tell people? Yes. Okay. It's what I tell myself. Maybe I like it because it's Francis. I don't know. Give him a little shout out. You know? Oh, gracious. Okay. So the narrator is Francis. Uh-huh. Okay. And he died. He dies. He's dead at the time of this. They let us know in the beginning the yeah, narrator of this story has perished. It's like, spoiler alert, this guy is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what it is, is... We're following this story that's in his papers. Yes. So it's really a narration of his story. Correct, yes. From his papers, but he's dead. He gone. And you kind of hope, like, okay, I like we're going to find out how he died. Yes. You know. Okay, so who was Thurston then? So Thurston is a man who's, I mean, I get the feeling that he's kind of middle-aged. Mm. Um. I thought like 30. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe like 30, in his 30s, something like that. 30s, early 40s, maybe. So he is the, becomes the executor of the estate of his great uncle. Okay. And his great uncle was a renowned scholar, an anthropologist mm -hmm. of sorts from Brown University. Okay. And so his uncle comes across this person who visits him, probably wanting to try to get more information. And this person is a sculptor. Well, his so Thurston finds this in his... In sorry, his, continue, continue. 
No, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't preface it correctly. But yeah, so Thurston comes across his uncle's papers. Oh, okay. And he's reading okay. what his uncle, his great uncle, has discovered. Okay, so we're reading Thurston's papers. Thurston is reading uncle's papers. Yeah, it's like third. Okay. it's like a third party narration, Got I it. guess. Okay. And so his great uncle had a visitor who was a sculptor, and the sculptor comes to him with this sort of grotesque, what they call a bas relief. And you and I both had to look up what a bas relief I was. I did. What yeah. is a? What would you call a bas relief? I would call it kind of like almost three dimensional artwork. Okay. To where it's artwork that's kind of engraved, so almost the figures are slightly coming out at yes. you. Yes. Uh huh. Like in woodwork or something, you know, like the carvings. They're not. They're deeper, so that the the sculpture is coming out a little bit more. It's popping out. It's a not like bit. full three D. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a bas relief, but it's a sculpture. So it's like this figure mm-hmm. sort of thing. And also, he comes across a manuscript from his great uncle titled "Cthulhu Cult." So if you ever come across that, do not. Don't open it up. Don't continue. It's not going to go well Stop for you. Stop there. Yes. Yeah. Just say, Cthulhu? All right. Just set it aside. I mean, really, if you see anything with cult on it, just, you know, <laughs> take a step back. Say, not my business. Clearly, yes. he's dead. He did so die. So maybe I shouldn't dabble. You yeah. Know? The great uncle yeah. did die, which yeah. is why Thurston is the executor of his estate. Yeah. Yes. So, you know. Yeah. Agreed. That's me, though, and I'm not going on open water. So <laughs> That's, you'd probably be safe from I'm a wet blanket. Everything that happens. I'm a then. wet blanket. You are. Yeah. I mean, let's be. I no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here I am, alive. That's true. No cults included. You're alive, but are you enjoying life? I fully, <laughs> fully. <laughs> so, this little sculpture, this little bas relief, is a grotesque-looking creature. It's kind of a, the way Thurston describes it is it's sort of a hybrid between an octopus, a dragon, and a human. Okay, I can see that. So it has like an octopoid head. Yeah. With. Like a scary one though. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a non-scary octopoid head? An octopus? They're very cute. Cute? I think so. Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Agree or disagree? I think of like a Cthulhu Jr. when I see an octopus. Well, now you do. Now yeah. I am too. <laughs> but, okay, so did he, quick question, sidebar. Did he ever do any illustrations of this himself? Lovecraft? Yeah. He did. Oh, okay. So what we see in these, you know, when you Google image Cthulhu, that's pretty accurate to I... what he drew i think it's fairly well so he did and he did a, an illustration of the bas relief okay so we get to kind of see what that looks like okay so it's smaller i'm gonna look it up okay okay so it's smaller compared to what cthulhu is i think a lot of the artistic renditions we see now are what other people in successive generations have concluded. Oh, okay. From the description. Okay. Look up Cthulhu sculpture. Cthulhu sculpture? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's kind of what it is right there. This one? 
That one or the other one, the one to the left of it. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah, it looks scary. It's creepy. I mean, Google image Cthulhu, guys, and just imagine. For those of you who are curious, Cthulhu is, it's very consonant heavy. It's spelled C-T-H-U-L-H-U. So, Cthulhu. Did you see this? That kind of Dr. Seuss looking thing? Yeah, it's like a children's (laughs) book. Called Cthulhu for beginning readers? What is that? I have no clue. Should I buy it? I'm kind of interested. It's 102 pages. What? Probably because That's it's longer than the actual book. Probably because it's it's illustration it has heavy. A five hundred twenty-one five-star ratings. What? Man. Okay, sorry guys, way off track. Okay, we'll get back to that later. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Anyway, so it looks terrifying. Yeah, it's got like an octopus head. It's got the body that's sort of humanoidish, but it's scaly. And it has sort of bat-like or dragon wings. Yeah. But to be fair, if you came across this in your uncle's things, it'd be like, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yes. You know, you wouldn't really, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So in interviewing this sculptor, the great uncle finds out that this artist has had dreams. Okay. Of what he calls Cyclopean cities. Yeah. What did that mean? I think it is hearkening back to ancient like Greek mythology. Like ancient cities. Okay. That's kind of what I... And it's large and chaotic yeah. and grotesque. Okay. Like cyc- like the Cyclops. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the vibe that I got, but I wanted to double check with you. Yeah. And he had a vision of a creature that stood, quote unquote, miles high. No thanks. Like? Miles high. Godzilla, eat your heart out. Yeah, like I can't even imagine something being that big. No, that's terrifying. And according to this artist, these visions occurred on March the 22nd. So Thurston is interested in this stuff. Um, Excuse me, Thurston's great uncle is interested in this stuff. So he starts researching. And he finds that a lot of artists that he talks to had very similar visions around the same time. So they're all artists. They're all that artists. That had this vision. That had this sort of vision. Okay. Of yeah. the creature in this Cyclopean city. Yes. Okay. So eventually the great uncle goes to... The great uncle is an anthropologist slash archaeologist mm-hmm. type guy. And he eventually goes to a meeting or a convention of the American Archaeological Society. Okay. And while he's there, he encounters this fellow named Inspector Lagrasse. Okay. And he is a law enforcement official from New Orleans. Okay. And he is intrigued because this inspector says, hey, during an investigation I had, I uncovered a figure that looks like this. And he describes sort of this Cthulhu-looking creature. And I came across a bunch of weird stuff. And it matches. And it it very similarly matches the description of what the sculptor did. Okay. And so the inspector, it's kind of a weird thing. There's missing people. So the inspector is going trying to find these people that have been kidnapped. And he finds himself in the swamps of Louisiana. And he comes across this horrifying image of a cult sort of surrounding these kidnapped people. 
and they want to sacrifice them to this well, and they ha- creature. They have You're right, done yeah. a couple, yeah, right? Yeah, they've done, yes. Ugh. Yeah. And so the inspector and his police force intervene. They stop it. And he's like, what in the world is going on? And he finds out that this is a cult surrounding a being that is ancient, that has basically been around since the beginning of time. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of kind of a kind of a creepy thing. So it's all kind of connecting for Thurston at yeah. this point. Yes, Thurston yeah. the narrator is starting to connect dots. So yeah. Thurston wants to forget about it. Okay. He's like, this is weird. I don't even want to deal with this anymore. Yeah, because he's like, maybe this is why my uncle died. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he starts to think. I mean, it think, took him this long in the story. I would have been like, listen, I just want your estate, you know. <laughs> I just <laughs> Whatever that's worth. I don't want to know what you dabbled in here. Yes. So. So he's wanting to forget about it, but then he comes across a news clipping from New Zealand. As you do. As one does, yes. Yeah. Just randomly. Of a random uh, ship called the Alert that was towed to shore. Okay. And it had one surviving crew member. Oh, that is terrifying. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Like so, one person? Yeah. When you think of one person surviving, that's for a reason. Probably something weird happened. Yeah. Yeah. They, he shouldn't have, but they wanted that person to survive. Somebody did to tell yeah. the tale. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So he finds out this sailor that survived is a Norwegian fellow. Okay. Who's gone back home. So after traveling to New Zealand, Thurston finds this out and he's like, okay, now I need to go to Norway to talk to this guy. He traveled to, he traveled to New Zealand? He went to New Zealand and then he went On to Norway. Boat? Yeah. All right. Planes weren't around yet. All right. <laughs> so then he goes back and he goes to Norway and he tries to inquire about this fellow that survived, but he finds out this guy's died. Okay. And As everybody is doing. Lots of people are dying. Yes, lots of death. Okay. So then he finds out this if guy. If everybody around you is dying, you just need to stop what you're doing and reevaluate. Mm, you know? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Like, just stop investigating this. Yeah, for sure. Okay, continue. Okay, so so this is months later, by the way, because he's tried to forget about yeah, this. Yeah, he tried really hard. He did try. You know what? He did try. He tried to, but his... He tried his to reevaluate his curiosity life. curiosity got yeah. the best of him. Okay. So he goes to Norway, find out this fellow has died, but he talks to his wife. Okay. The wife's like, he died. I'm sorry. He was in a state of extreme duress and he ended up passing and Thurston finds out this guy wrote a journal and seems like everybody does. He writes a journal in English, which his wife only speaks very loosely. Okay. So why did he write it in English? So Thurston surmises that the reason he wrote it in English was to keep his wife from casually reading it. Oh, what a sweet man. (laughs) Because everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, wow. But he wanted other people to die for sure. But Thurston But not his, not his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So Thurston's like, can I have this? And the wife's like. Like, absolutely. Sure. Can't read it anyway. Yeah. 
So Thurston reads this tale of a ship called the Alert that was sailing around and there was an earthquake that occurred and he finds out this earthquake occurs during the time that all these artists are having their strange visions and dreams. Yeah. And this ship gets sort of diverted towards this strange island. Yes. And they see this giant obelisk, I guess you could say. Okay. It's a giant stone formation coming out of the ocean. Yeah. Like insanely high. Like mind-bogglingly high. That's when you just throw your body into the ocean. (laughs) Just just end it all? Call it a day. You know? That's... I can't deal with that kind of stuff. So they land there. The ship does. They get out. The sailors get out. Oh, good. Yeah. They start looking. So... We talked before about how this is a cyclopean city. Yes. Okay. So geometry has no, there's like no presence of what would be normal geometry here in this city. Strange shapes, strange angles. Oh, really? And yeah. To the point where some of the people on the ship go mad just by being. Just by looking at it? Present. Oh. Because it's so crazy looking. That's weird. And while they're on this island, there is a gigantic door. And out of it emerges a creature that is hundreds of meters tall, they say. Yeah. And right away, when some of the sailors see this creature, they die of sheer shock and terror. And I told you 100% I would. Yes. Yeah. I when okay, so when I first read that, I thought, what? Like, come on, you know, cheesy. Mm-hmm. But then I looked up a picture of Cthulhu. There, there was, there's one particular picture that I saw, and then imagining that creature being miles high, and absolutely. I would just die. That it's freaky to think. I would about. be that person. It's like I think of the creature in Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the giant creature, and this thing's even bigger than that. That's not even it. This is way scarier to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And shocker, this creature has a semblance of the bas relief sculpture. Yeah. So this is real. This is Cthulhu emerging from this door Mm -hmm. so eventually this this norwegian sailor they get back to the ship and i'm pretty sure i'm trying to remember for certain i think he's the only one alive at this point and he's trying to escape on the ship Mm -hmm. and he's got this gigantic thing coming at him just bearing down on him which i mean he let him go well he turns, the guy turns the ship and rams it yeah. into the creature. Yeah. And the creature sort of sinks to the depths of the sea. Yeah, but heals itself too. I think there was definitely, which is weird. Because what we hear about these types of creatures, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, there's like no mercy involved with them. But here's... Well, okay. Are you are you finished with the summary? 
kind the, of. That scene of the story, basically, okay. Thurston writes this down and he says, I hope nobody reads this, which I don't know why he wrote it down if he doesn't want anybody to read it. in your brain. Yeah. You know? Because Thurston eventually, he thinks that he is going to be a target of the cult of Cthulhu because of the knowledge he has. And we find out in the beginning that he's dead. So yeah. clearly he was. I don't think he was a target of the cult because you're limiting that to those kind of people in New Orleans. I think that oh, they're he's worldwide. a target. No, but I I think that it was Cthulhu, no? You think that he was killed by people? Well, the story is called The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Cthulhu is calling to his yes. followers. Yeah. Who are rising up. Yeah, but... And they're everywhere. Like, they think that the most ancient remnant of Cthulhu followers is in Iran, the Middle East. But how did... Okay, so how would the sailor die then? I think he just eventually dies because he was From blonde. madness, right? He was blonde and his hair was turned stark white because of the terror. Yeah. And so I think that he... That Cthulhu let him go. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it down. Yes. And because part of Cthulhu is purely psychological... You know. The psychological horror. Yeah, like yeah. he got into the dreams of these people. Yes. And, you know, terrified them. Correct. And that's part of the spread. And so this surviving sailor wrote it down and was part of the spread of yes. the call of Cthulhu. Yes. And so that's how he's getting to people. So I think he let him go. Hmm. I don't think that... I don't think that's Sailor One, please. Well, okay, fair enough. But you don't think... So how does Thurston die? You think he dies just out of sheer terror? No, but I don't think it was at the hands of humans. You think Cthulhu got to him? I think psychologically, probably, yeah. Maybe. I, that's the part that scares me the most in this story, was that aspect Is the mental of it. terror? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's a terrifying creature, but yeah, I would look at it and die. I've already admitted that. Other you know? people have. And... You would not be alone. Yeah, and... But it's not even just that. It's the psychological terror of it as well. Yeah. Like, he can tap into the minds of people no problem. Okay. You know what I mean? You don't agree. No, I think I don't know. That's true. I I, I don't know. I thought for, I've always thought that cult members got to him. Oh, got really? To Thurston. That's well, what I've you've I mean, you've actually read it. And this is one so, of my favorite okay, things. Okay. Yes, here. please continue. So go. I forgot to mention this. So when the great uncle is talking to the inspector, the inspector has come across an inscription. Okay. And we'll get into this a little bit more, but the inscription says, and I'm going to attempt to say this. And do it justice. Oh, Because okay. it's written in a language that's called Relayan. Which is fake. It's in the Lovecraft universe. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. it is fake. Very um, consonant heavy and very guttural. It says, Fnudlu Maglanaf Cthulhu Rela Wag Nagel Fatakan. Did you just summon something? Because I'm going to be really mad at you. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, translated into English, this says, and I thought it said this on this page, but apparently I am mistaken. What in the world? I He's thought trying to find it. 
I thought it said it on this page, but I'm apparently... Oh, there. Oh, here it is, there. down here. So in yeah. English, it says, in his house at Relay, or Relay, whatever, how you want to say it, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. Ooh. Which gives me the chills. Yeah. So that's what, that's the inscription that, an inspect, that the inspector found on when he, like, sort of raided that cult yeah. thing that was going on. And so that's also what Thurston has been has been type sort of tracking with, and we get into we'll get into it a little bit more about what all that could mean. But it's just this terrifying thing where there's this language you don't properly understand. The language itself like terrifies people. It sends oh, children. Yeah. It reminds me of um, when Gandalf speaks. The language of Mordor, the Council yeah. of Elrond, yes. and it makes yeah. the the, earth, the building shake, mm-hmm. um, and the the just the very nature of the construction drives people mad because it's shapes that aren't familiar to us and stuff like that, and like you said, it's just the psychological terror. Yeah, but do you think that what makes you think that uh, the cult members got to him? What makes me think that? Yeah. I mean, because I think they're trying to silence anybody that would be detrimental to Cthulhu. Do you think that Cthulhu actually is using humans as his means of... Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? Cthulhu has been worshipped since time immemorial. Oh, okay. By humans. Okay. Okay, so that's part of it. Yes. Okay. okay. So yeah, so they like I said, they think the most ancient ones come, the most ancient worshippers of Cthulhu come from Iran, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and there are, and it's, and they talk about in the Call of Cthulhu how basically the worshippers are they're they've been around forever. Yeah. And they're going to continue to be around. Okay. There's they're never going to go away. I just got a vibe that. Cthulhu was kind of his own he operated alone and so kind of the humans doing that was their own thing and he was like I don't need you so that's how Cthulhu thinks I I think he thinks human beings are insects to be stomped upon yeah just I mean based off of Lovecraft's kind of how do you say cosmicism Cosmicism. too Uh you know so that kind of falls in line with that but but he, I think he still does like to be worshipped. Yeah. And I have mean, followers. Who, who doesn't? Mm. Who doesn't? So. Yeah. Yeah. So who or what is Cthulhu? So he's a great old one. Mm-hmm. And when I read up on him, he's not evil or good. So he's a descendant of the original evil one. The elder gods, yeah. Yeah, but he himself isn't either or. Okay. He's Mm -hmm. just kind of a god. He's a godlike figure. Godlike Uh figure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's a monster, obviously. A vaguely anthropoid outline. But he, like you said, he has an octopus head with a face of feelers, Mm -hmm. like tentacles. Yes. Yuck. Yeah. Um, and then a scaly, rubbery-looking body. He has claws on hind and four feet, and then long, narrow wings behind. 
Yeah, that's how he's described. So, terrifying. Yeah, not cool. Very terrifying. Yes. I kind of, when I saw a picture, it, it was kind of like a like a gargoyle body to me. Oh, yeah. Almost, I right? I can see it, yeah. And then an octopus head. Yeah, kind of. Just enormous in stature. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, miles. Makes yeah. Godzilla look like a shrimp. Yes, yeah. So. Which is super terrifying to think about. Makes me not ever want to go to the ocean. I mean, who would win? Between humans and him? No, Cthulhu and Godzilla. Oh, I think Cthulhu. King Kong. Cthulhu. Both of them against Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's make a movie that Bobby hates. Oh, I will hate it. <laughs> First, I want to see... Okay, because there has never been a legit movie made about Call of Cthulhu. Uh, that's what I was trying to look at. Yeah. Never. Why? They made somebody recently, when I say recently, within like the last 15 years, I think, made a silent movie about the Call of Cthulhu. We're past that. Agreed. I mean... It was artistic. Okay. But I want to see like modern special effects show this monstrous thing. But not like with The Rock, you know? No. Oh, you mean like the actor, Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, no. Like we... With you and McGregor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. He could be Thurston. As Thurston. I mean, Thurston is American, but you and McGregor, I think, could do he it. He can do it. Big fish. I know. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trampling this, on your and dream. I'm really liking it right now. You know what? I no, think he could else? do a good job. But who, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else could do that? Yeah. That role? Um,. Man, I'm trying to think real quick. I, I don't know why, but popped into my head was Christian Bale. I was thinking about Christian Were Bale. Were you? But you know, he's also I, not American. I know. You don't, I mean. He's like very cockney. I know, but you don't have, you know, it's fine. Yeah. You can fake it. Leonardo DiCaprio? No. <gasps> no? I'm picturing him in like Shutter Island. And I'm thinking his New Englander, he could pull it off. Maybe. Maybe. He wouldn't be at the top of my list. Matt Damon? No. <laughs> no. Ooh. He's actually from Boston. He comes from Boston. Who? Mark Wahlberg. No, he's too silly. Silly? Yeah. Have you seen Daddy's Home? <laughs> No, but have you seen him in his dramatic roles? But have you seen Daddy's Home? No, he can definitely be funny. Uh, but and uh, what's that? What is it? What is it? What is it? The other guys. The other guys. That's oh, my goodness. Oh. oh, my gosh. Okay, who would be uncle, though? Who would be uncle? Michael Keaton. Thank you so much. <laughs> Done. Done. Are we remaking? Oh my gosh! Are we remaking Batman or Inception? Yes. We're like Christopher. So Christopher Nolan's got to direct this. Yeah. Oh, you guys. We have to. I mean, we. They have to give us money, some kind. Oh, if yeah, if Christopher Nolan like next week is like I'm doing a Call of Cthulhu movie and I'm casting Michael Caine and Christian Bale, we're like that would be excellent. Somebody's listening. That would be excellent because the vibes are excellent. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
I'm sorry, Ewan. I don't know. Ewan, you can be, um, I don't know who you can be. The Norwegian sailor that kills yeah, himself? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or yeah, that yeah, dies. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I want to give him something, you know? Okay. Or the uh, sculptor who makes the bas-reliefs. I want to give him more than that. You want to, You got to throw him a bone. Yeah, he's got to be on some kind of a boat. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just no Nicole Kidman's. No, 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 no. Okay. I know. I, she's replaceable, but she it's still is, a good movie. It's still a good movie. admitted that Nicole Kidman is replaceable. No, she is. Is she replaceable in Moulin Rouge? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she is. Guys, this is a breakthrough. But she does... I don't hate her. She does a great job. I don't hate Nicole Kidman at I all. I think that she fits the role very well. I just think she's a female Matt Damon. <laughs> I just think that whatever role she does, you could think of an actress that could do it as good or better. What if she's listening to this? Nicole Kidman. She's really pretty. I'm not disagreeing. Okay. She's good. So I... who would you cast as Satine? We are way off track. In okay. Moulin Rouge? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I can't think right now. I can't either because she did a really good job. But I'm not, she I'm not is, there are others that could as well. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Continue. Okay. Where were we? I don't know. We're describing oh, who Cthulhu. Is Cthulhu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So he's a great old one. Yes. So in, in Lovecraftian lore, mm -hmm. there are the elder gods. Yes. Who kind of live just kind of on the fringes of the universe. Okay. And they're sort of prodigy are what are called the great old ones okay and the great old ones are from so the whole thing with cthulhu and the cthulhu mythos is these creatures have come from the far-flung reaches of space and they have settled on these planets and cthulhu and others have settled on earth and cthulhu is a priest is what his title is he's oh. a priest of the great old ones okay and so he had this sort of incantation, I guess, that I guess the stars have to be aligned just right for them to yeah. thrive. Yeah. Well, for him to come alive again. Yes. Right? To emerge. Yes. Yeah. So he put like an incantation or a spell that put the great old ones to sleep. Cthulhu did. Cthulhu did. Okay. Which is why it says, you know, in Relay, Great Cthulhu waits dreaming. Oh, okay. Dead Cthulhu great And so that's really... Dreaming really what the earthquake is he's coming back yeah know. okay he's emerging and that's okay. the that's the call like yeah. he's emerging it's about time for him to come back and so his and him dipping into dreams yes is the call yes okay. and so his followers are being summoned okay type of thing okay yeah pretty scary yeah pretty darn scary mm -hmm. i have to say yes i don't like it <laughs> you're not i don't think you're supposed to yeah fair enough you're supposed to be terrified yeah um and this has given and this has given birth to what is called the cthulhu mythos mm -hmm. which is this huge sort of what's become sort of this huge universe of stories related to Cthulhu and the Great Old Ones. Yeah. And the Elder Gods. Yeah. From Lovecraftian lore. And so Cthulhu has in or excuse me, yeah, well, Cthulhu, the Call of Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft in general as an author has influenced many different writers and artists over the years 
to the point where I have some books over here on my bookshelf. I've got one over here called The Black Wings of Cthulhu, uh -huh. Volume 2, uh, which means there's a Volume 1, which I have not acquired <laughs> yet. And it's a series of short stories of contemporary writers who have written stories that are inspired. Oh, for real? Yeah. Some of them are very prominent. They're allowed to do that? Cthulhu, I believe, has entered the realm of public domain. Oh, okay. So they're able to sort of expand on the Cthulhu story and write these different sort of offshoots of Lovecraftian horror and mm -hmm. terror. And some of them are extremely prominent writers. Really? Like super internationally famous. Oh. Have you ever heard of Neil Gaiman? Yes. He's a big Lovecraft fan. And he wrote? He is, he's, he's in that volume, I believe. Wow. Um, and so, so Neil Gaiman, who's written such, uh, popular stories as American Gods. Yeah. Um, he wrote, uh, Neverwhere. He wrote, uh, Coraline. Wow. So people are really into this. He's huge. Okay. Stephen King has even tapped into this. What? In fact, Stephen King, this is the quote I wanted to read you. Okay. Are you ready yes, for this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dropping the quote. Okay. So Stephen King says, H.P. Lovecraft has yet to be surpassed as the 20th century's greatest practitioner of the classic horror tale. Oh, shoot. That's from Stephen, Stephen King. King. That's it right there. Man, it's a big it's a big deal. And Lovecraft, I mean, obviously he lived during like the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have a lot of writers have taken his stuff and turned it into like Victorian tales. Okay. Um, there's a writer, uh, James Lovegrove, that I have who's written a series of books that I really like. It's basically, it's called the Cthulhu Casebooks, mm -hmm. and it's Sherlock Holmes. What? Sherlock Holmes versus Cthulhu. They're really good. Really? Really that well written. That seems really bizarre. They're really well written. Okay. It's sort of a, we're getting really long here, <laughs> but it's sort of a, sort of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a counter history of Sherlock Holmes. Like all the stories that we've read before about Sherlock yeah. Holmes from Wa John Watson yeah. were basically fluff to distract the public from what oh. really was going on. Really, Real Sherlock oh. Holmes and John Watson were fighting the forces of darkness and were fighting Cthulhu. Oh, that's weird. Okay, it's that's pretty cool. interesting. It's pretty okay, cool. that's interesting. That's interesting. I like it. Okay. So, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft, far-reaching influence. Okay. What about Dungeons & Dragons? He has influenced Dungeons & Dragons. How so? So there is a creature in Dungeons & Dragons called a Mind Flayer. Mm-hmm. That and sounds very Cthulhu-like. It has an octopoid head yeah. with tentacles. And basically, they kill you by wrapping their tentacles around your face and feeding on your mind. That sounds exactly like what Cthulhu does. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff. Um, huh. There's a new card game I actually bought, which I'm really excited to play. Mm -hmm. I hope you'll play with me. What's called it called? Arkham Horror. Okay. And it's based off of Cthulhu, Lovecraftian Gosh. horror. It makes me sad that like he doesn't know. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I know, and that he hasn't, that he didn't benefit financially. I wonder if he did know, though. You know. Do you think he thought maybe he'd be that influential? I wonder if he knew he was before his time. Maybe. Sometimes I feel that way, you know? <laughs>
No, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he had to have known, like, in the 20s, that was not the vibe. He was definitely countercultural. They were probably like, listen, I'm just trying to party. Please stop. Yeah. Please stop trying listen, to get me to read I'm this. just trying to get some Prohibition moonshine. Yes. Like, I don't need this stuff about Cthulhu. Come back during Satanic Panic, <laughs> and we'll call a deal here. Do you think okay? he would have been, like, a best-selling author during the 80s? Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. 80s, not up in, like, we love that stuff. Yeah. Love He's super it. popular we now. We love horror. You have to think about all the stuff that's popular right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, all the things that people binge on Netflix. Psychological thrillers, horror, crime, true crime. I all mean, of that. People love it. I think Stephen King got big in the 70s. See? When serial killer, when, when, like, because serial killer, when did that become a name? I forget. Well, Bundy, I think, was a serial killer in the 60s and 70s, wasn't he? No, he was executed in 89. He was in prison for a long time. Are you sure? I think that's when he got caught. When did, no, he was... Well, he got caught in the 80s. Okay, so he got caught multiple times, because if you guys haven't seen the Netflix documentary about Ted Bundy... Crazy. Dude escaped oh, from jail twice. he was arrested twice. in 1979. I think that was the last time he was arrested. Yeah, yeah. But I would assume then through the 70s he was a thing. And, yeah. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. During that time we're getting introduced to what is a serial killer. All this weird twisted stuff that's capturing the minds of the masses. 1974. In a lecture at a police staff academy in Brem... Bramshill, Hampshire, England, was the first time the term serial killer was used. Serial homicide. Serial homicide. So really, yeah. I mean, the first serial killer, I mean, who did we talk about last week? Peter Stump? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a vampire. That was a long time ago. Wait, werewolf. no, werewolf. He was a werewolf. Jack the Ripper yeah. was a serial killer in the, ni- in the late no, 19th yeah, century. No, yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying like this... Uh... What am I trying to say? Not this knowledge, but this more awareness mm-hmm. of evil. Agreed. You know? Totally. That it actually lives among us, and it's fascinating. It is fascinating to a lot of people. I mean, I'll be real. I mean, I would never do any of that stuff, but it's interesting to me to be like, how can a human being fall so far? Oh, absolutely. And then it makes you think like, you know... You, how many, like, you walk by how many serial killers in your life? Oh, I don't know. Is this a statistic? Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like I forget. People, like, everybody is statistically, like, statistically, it is likely that they will, inc- like, walk past one at some yes. point in their life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gracious. I know. That's the thing. That's scary. Sometimes I start to fall asleep at night and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you're one? No. Maybe I'm going <laughs> to die. I don't know. <laughs> well, that too. Maybe I don't know. Oh, my gracious. Anyway. I don't know if okay. you drank from that dog paw <laughs> yeah, footprint. I, well, we will find out. Well, we'll know by the time this releases. Yeah. If there's no more episodes, we know what happens. Yes. You will all know. Or if Kelsey gets on here and howls and scratches <laughs> behind the back of her yeah. ear feverishly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'll try to hop on before I completely lose my mind. Yeah. Um, okay, one last thing. Is Cthulhu real? No. 
How do you know? You have no idea what's in that ocean. I mean, true. The ocean is very, like, huge parts of the ocean. Ocean? Ocean. The ocean are unexplored. Agreed. In 2007. Oh, what are you about to pull out? There was radar that was picked up of sound deep, deep in the ocean that was way, way too big to be even the biggest whale. Yeah. You want to hear it? Do you have a recording? I do. Guys, this is breaking news. Okay, hold well, on. 2007, but... Hold on. Just saying. What did that sound like? I don't know. It was big. Very big. If it, What if it had spoken? What if it had been like... Oh, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. That would have been scary. Yeah, no thanks. Do I think a great old one exists? No. Do I think that there's perhaps sea creatures that we've not discovered? Yes. Oh. Wait, did I say do I think Cthulhu Ooh. exists? Yes. No, 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 I don't think yeah. it does. No, I understood what you meant. Oh, I just got chills because that's why you don't go in the ocean. I have no interest in... Okay, so like... like I, do you want to scuba dive? Never. Okay. No no interest. Thank God. Okay. No interest. I see people scuba dive and they're like touching whale sharks. I'm like, no thank you. Like, you know, here's the thing about whale sharks and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Sure, they're friendly. They're docile. Mm -hmm. They take one little smack with their fin and you're dead. True. On accident. Yeah. Yeah, I, you don't have to like convince how, me. Like, how many times does my dog wag his tail and it hits me in the face and hurts me on accident? Like, it doesn't... He's not being mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I'm like, about... <laughs> Not so, my small one. I have several dogs. Yeah. I have one... You do. You have one with no tail. Have, two with no tails. I have two with... Two well, with no one tails. with a really short tail, one with no tail, one with a long tail. <laughs> The yeah. big one with the long tail, he's still kind of a puppy. Yeah. And he plays with my Jack Russell Terrier. And every now and then I see him go like, Ooh, and he like paws her in the face and like, boom, like punts her like five feet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not intentional. Yeah. Listen, if you get anything from this episode, I feel like there's always a life lesson. Yes. At the end. Okay. Like last week, don't run marathons or something right or do run a marathon do run a marathon in case bit. you are a werewolf yeah. yeah but also don't drink water out of footprints mm -hmm. this one just stay out of the ocean don't go it deep. is so easy just to stay along the shore don't go on a cruise don't go i don't even don't go on a small ship no never <laughs> Never. <sighs> so many life lessons. You have no idea what's under you. No, you don't. Don't play God. No. And if you do, by accident, give that thing that you create a soulmate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to sum up Fright Fest yes, so far. To this point, yes. yes. Yeah. 
Always give that creation a soulmate. Don't go on open water. And run marathons if you ever suspect wolfery. Yes. If you find yourself liking raw meat more than usual. No, I did Run a marathon. No, I did though. When I got pregnant the first time, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was pregnant, but I started craving extra rare steak. Mm. Yeah. Did you grow a unibrow? And have low set I did. I did have (laughs) extra facial hair. Oh. It was one of those like aha moments. It's a hormonal thing. Yeah. Yeah, But it was one of those aha moments uh, where I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, oh no, I'm not beautiful. (laughs) Oh my this gracious. Isn't, this isn't a pregnancy clothes. This is facial hair. Oh my gracious. This is, this is a beard. Oh gosh. So I don't know. Maybe it was wolfery. Not sure. Anyway. Anyway. I this, think we've pretty much. Yeah, this has been. We've covered Cthulhu. Has this been the scariest one? I am the most terrified of this one. Okay. Because it's the unknown, maybe, or what? Or just the psychological portion? I think all of it. The ocean. (laughs) The monster. The psychological portion of it. The way that it can use humans. There's a video game that you can play. An RPG that's super freaky. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you real quick. Oh no, okay, we're going way long. But what's, what's the point of the video game? What do you do? You're trying to uncover what's going on with all these weird occurrences because there's a bunch of... So it's like a story mode video game? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. And you don't really try to... So like in a lot of video games, you try to defeat the enemy. In this one, there's really no defeating it. Well... You just run. Oh. (laughs) Like the video game is a lot of terror and running. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) That reminds me of that zombie. uh, uh, What's that thing called? VR goggles? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did not like that at all. Oh, no. Kelsey peaced out, guys. She dipped out. Yeah, I did. She was like, nope, done. I literally dipped out. I fell to the ground. She threw the VR goggles. (laughs) Yeah. And thankfully, her brother caught them before they were damaged. I do not like being scared. I don't know when people will get it. It's not enjoyable. Okay. Anyway. We're going really long. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cthulhu. I hope that we have inspired you to read it. I know that I am going to read it fully this weekend. It's super short, guys. Like 39, 40 pages. Yeah. It's short. Please read it. Let us know what you think. If you haven't read it, let us know your thoughts. If you have read it, let us know your thoughts. If anything else, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. You can email us at thefigpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at thefigpod. You can find us on Patreon yeah. at thefigpod. Um, sorry, patreon.com forward slash thefigpod. We also have merch, guys. Yes. We have a lot of merch, and you can find that on our Instagram page. There's a link in bio. Yes. Maybe send us a question asking whether or not Kelsey's done something weird, like drink water from a dog paw That's print. true. I mean, chances are I have. Very possible. And please, guys, do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think. It really helps us get better. And once you subscribe, you will never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.